Welcome to the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast, hosted by veterinarians Dr. Lewis Kirkham and Dr. Robbie Anderton, who'll give you the inside scoop on the secret lives of your pets and have a lighthearted look at the latest animal news, health tips, and other random facts. All names of people and pets have been changed for confidentiality, so if the story sounds familiar, don't flatter yourself. Every owner is just as animal crazy as you are. So sit down, place your furry, feathered, or scaly best friend on your lap, and it's over to Lewis and Robbie. Hello and welcome, listeners, to episode 140 of the Two Vets Talk Pets podcast. With too much talking of pets is barely enough. I'm Dr. Robbie Ander, and I'm joined by a man who has, let's just say, uh, been having a very fun uh, and happy start to his 2021. He's, uh, you know, it was... He's been showering himself in champagne. He's been uh, walking around with a glittery sunglasses. I think he even uh, called up to Canberra to get himself some uh, illegal fireworks so that the local kids could enjoy still some festivities on New Year's Eve. Also, just so he could drive all the dogs uh, around him crazy. So then he gets to see him the next week. It's Dr. Lewis Kirkham. Lucas, how, uh, uh, Lewis, how are you? Oh, I'm good, thanks, uh, Rodney. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> you might listeners may have thought they were getting Robbie and Lewis, but it's <laughs> it's Rodney and Lucas show this Rodney year. Rodney and Lucas. <laughs> it's the yeah. um, it's if you get if you went on Wish and you look for Robin Lewis, you get Rodney and Lucas. So yes, yeah, yeah. yeah we're the uh, Rodney and Lucas are the uh, we're the um, the the Kmart the, version. Yeah, the gum, gum tree version. Of yeah. <laughs> Oh, mate, if you yeah. if you got it on eBay, hey, that's us. The Spoodle, uh, the Spoodle Cross, where the they're they're the um yeah the 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 any old the any old brand rather than the purebred Lewis and, <laughs> Lewis and Robbie. Very nice, mate. Very nice. What a way to start the new year. Happy New Year, mate. Happy New Year to our listeners. Yes, Happy New Year to you all and to y'all. Yeah, uh, y'all. Yeah, over in America. Nice, y'all in um in uh in Suzanne decal gal. She's yes. big on the y'all. I think we have got a bit of a bit of a lovely email from her. We might get onto that a little bit later. So yes, hopefully uh, all our American listeners are um you know the world's all settled down over there for you. You know, not too much COVID, not too many riots. Hope oh. everything's going okay. Gee well, whiz. Well, if you thought, you know, you're going 2021's got to be better. Well, it hasn't started that well for our UK, our, our USA listeners, unfortunately. And, and the UK listeners. And our UK listeners. Seven days in and they're all they're all a bit rooted in 2021 already. So I'm thinking, we're thinking of you guys, aren't we? And also Brisbane's gone into lockdown too now as of today. Greater yes. Brisbane. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah. I think the only people in Australia that are happy with that are the Indian cricket team. <laughs> yes, that's a good trying point. to work out how they can avoid playing cricket at the Gabba. Yeah, yeah I know they'll be stuck so, at the SCG. Pity we didn't get three tests at the MCG. But anyway, that's a separate point. <laughs> ah! now, let's start the new year, mate. Just uh, just to recap uh, on uh, finishing twenty twenty. Yes, uh, still recording on your knees there, mate. You, uh... Uh, I'm actually re- uh, recording on my ass at the moment here, mate. I'm on the beanbag. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's but a change. Not, not not my good beanbag. I'm on the I'm on the uh, the the spare room beanbag. The good beanbag's being used by Ruben to watch the cricket. Oh, so, 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 so I'm just on the on the on the old beanbag in the spare bedroom. Oh, very nice, good mate. And uh, and still wearing socks in the house, or we uh, you're on shoes that now. You got uh, shoes, pre- aren't you? Pre- pre- predominantly socks, occasionally Ooh. shoes. Uh, Unfortunately, we did have a pre New Year's incident where we had some friends come around and their kids. Uh, so they, they've got a daughter and son, same age as Camille and Ruben. So um, the girls came in go, can we paint our fingernails? Yes, yes, go and oh, paint your fingernails. Ooh. They go, can we paint our toenails? Yes, but make sure they're dry before you come out. Yeah, okay, we will, we will. Then they've come in, 
can we paint the, the little brother's finger uh, fingernails? Um, yes, yes, but keep their keep their fingers um, off the off the walls. Eee, can we do the little brother's toenails? Yes, but just make sure make sure they're dry. And so they came out and showed, and um, they, oh yeah, look, aren't they great? Oh, they're all dry. Are they? Yes, yes, they're dry. And then the next day, I've looked down, and there's uh, this two beautiful crescent moon of different oh. shades of nail polish <laughs> on the hardwood floors right in the middle of the hallway. We know exactly which kid it was because they were the only ones that had the light blue and navy blue nail polish on their nails. And so, uh, yeah, weren't our kids, unfortunately. So, so um, yeah, the, the shine, the gleam, you could say, Lewis, has certainly gone off the... Uh, the well, oh, yeah, well, mate, it shows it shows a lived in house, I suppose. There's all there's a story everywhere. I mean, I've got uh, got similar on our uh, we, we when the kids want to do their nails, we actually send them onto the front driveway to do it, yeah, which uh, you know, which which is great. But one day they decide they would do it uh, sort of near the front door driveway. So we also have a Technicolor gravel area on the driveway, just just near the front porch. So excellent. Where, yeah, it's, it must must be a rite of passage, I think. That uh, yeah, that that's going to happen. It's just heartbreaking, absolutely heartbreaking. You know, like um, I mean, the, the 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 amount of times that Ruben was playing cricket up and down the hallway until we realised all the smudges that were on the roof from his um from his cricket ball hitting her. It was just one of the little foam jobs. But, yeah. And it was it was only when because he was doing it all winter, and then once the sun started to change its direction, so it started coming through a little bit more through the back windows. Then that's when we could see the smudges on the roof, and I'm looking, I'm going. Yeah, mate, you're not playing cricket inside anymore. Uh, okay. wow. Oh, well. That. Ah, well, there you yeah. go. Well, we'll talk renovations all day, mate. And that, um, that, 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 that's our other part. That's, that's our other podcast. Part. Exactly. Yeah, two, yeah. two vets talk renovations. Uh, yeah. House flip, house flip, two vets. Yes. Hey, now um, we, uh, so we've just had Christmas and New Year's and that sort of stuff. And so we've had a bit of time off, but um, I had one last job to do last year, Lewis. It was on the, on the, the Wednesday that was my, uh, before, Christmas Eve was my last day of working. And one of Camille's friends, uh, they, they got themselves a dog, a little cavoodle um, that, uh, that needed its uh, third puppy vaccination. So I gave this little cavoodle its, uh, its uh, 10 week puppy vax um, a month ago. And uh, the, the owner messaged me and it was actually, it was actually six weeks. So that's right. She, she doesn't listen to the podcast. So she won't know that she was two weeks late. Um, so she messaged me going, we need to get this done and we're going away. So, oh, okay. Right. Well, of course they are. I'll come around on, on, on the Wednesday night after I finish work. So I've um, got the vaccination, put it in my little esky, the vaccines in there. I got, made sure I got the right ones. Didn't give it the cat ones, got the dog ones, um, grabbed the uh, syringe, couple of um, little, little puppy sized needles, the little, little orange ones, the 25 gauge ones, chuck them in the esky off I go. And I've got my little, my little mat. I bought some cheese because I know it liked eating the cheese the last time, but being a little cavoodle, when I gave it that that sec, second puppy vaccination, absolutely friggin' hit the roof. Oh, and dear. just of course, like hell. The kids that are then squealed, the puppies run off, and I go, <laughs> "That's okay. We knew that this was going to happen." And so I've come in. That's normal. Like, that's normal. We get that all the time. Unfortunately, normal for these little dogs. Yeah, yes. unfortunately, yes, that's right. Yes, yep. So we've gone in there to give it the third puppy vax, and so the kids are a little bit go, "Are you going to make it squeal again?" Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, look. Probably. Yes, there is a chance. There Probably. is a chance that yeah. it's going to squeal again. I've only got to give it the one vaccination, so we should be okay. Got my cheese. I've got all the other stuff. 
So checked out the pup. Pup's fine as they always are. Um, and then got the um, got out my syringe, got out the vaccination things, and then grabbed out the needle. Unfortunately, we've also got orange needles that are what we call the cystocentesis needles. <laughs> that instead of being, um, I'm pretty sure they're um, five eighths of an inch long. Right. Um, this one is two inches long. Wow. Same width. Yes. So it's still it's still skinny, but it's just a, about three and a half times longer. It just looks and, very long, doesn't it? When you oh, when you, when it you, is when it un, is yeah. When people don't know what they're looking at, that is a long needle. And someone had put them in the same box oh, as no. where the short ones were, Lewis. Yes. Because I, I always take two just in case I drop one. The other one's a long one as well, and it's oh. like oh oh oh, no. oh, oh wow. balls. Okay, right. So. So I've drawn it up thinking, okay, I'm going to play this call because I'm not going back into work for another two weeks. They live 25 minutes away from work. So I'm not driving back to go and get another, another syringe. We're but, thinking about calling up one of the local clinics and saying, Hey, can I come and grab a, you know, the right yeah. size? I'll swap you for a cysto needle. You're yeah. getting two inches and I just want five eights. Um, size doesn't matter sometimes, Lewis, but sometimes it does. <laughs> I was so just I'm wondering, I was just picturing you and Christina on your first date. But anyway, go on, mate. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, now it's bad enough. It's bad enough if you use one of these needles like for a full-grown Labrador. The owners don't like the look of it. No. When it's when it's a three kilogram little that that needle to puppy ratio is not. It does not look good. And the um the owners looked at it and gone, oh, that's a longer needle than last time. I said. Yes, yes, it is a longer needle, but it's not the length, it's the width. You know, the width is, you know, the width, the width is the same. I'm, I'm still I'm seeing gonna, you dating. I'm dating. Sorry, go on, mate. Yeah, right, keep going. I'm not going to put it in the whole way. I'm only going to just put it in a little bit <laughs> just to make sure. Where is this going? In. Where's this going, Robbie? Right? As a, but he's, he's, she's still probably going to squeal, but we'll just be ready for that. So I've got my cheese down on there and the little pup, little puppies having a chew of the, to the cheese. And I was, isn't this great? I've got my needle there ready to go and I've put it in and the puppy's gone ah! and oh. jumped and it's gone whoop, straight in. I got, okay, right. Got to get this thing in there. Right. And the good thing is, is because then she's moved off the needle because there was two inches worth of needle. She still didn't get all the way off. So all the vaccine's gone in. Perfect. Oh. Dog ran off. Kids squealed. The puppy squealed. Dog's got its third puppy vaccination. That's all great. I rang up work and said, take those long needles yeah. out of that box, please. They're not supposed to be there. Wow. <laughs> oh, mate. So I think, I reckon in that situation, if I would have pulled out the long needle, I would have just pretended that that was the needle. It's gone, no, this is, you know, yeah. there's no need, no need to, uh, no need to inform owners that the, you've made an error. Well, but, the, but they saw, they saw the one before. Oh, yeah. And, and, right. and, and mm. I made a, I made a point of the last time of saying, I, I use the smallest, thinnest needles I can get. So that then that way it's going to be less likely it's going to squeal, but it's going to squeal. So yep. they were specifically looking to make sure that I bought the nice, elegant, oh, delicate wow. little cavoodle one. No, I bought the one that I used to get a bladder sample out of a fat Labrador. Mm, Oops. Wow. Oh, wow. It's two, two comments on there, mate. First yes. comment uh, had a similar story with, uh, 
with my brother's uh, cavoodle that uh, right. I vaccinated on uh, on Christmas Day. Oh, yes. Yeah, you know, family nice. gathering. Yep, yep. Well, he's well, he's due for vaccine. So, uh, you know, same thing. Little Esky got the little. You know, just need the intranasal one. It was. Um, oh yes, right, yep. The intranasal vaccine that we give. We sort of squirt a bit of liquid in the nose. No needles involved in no. that. As to, to the listeners out there that that don't know about that. Um, and uh, it was all fine. You know, went went saw Wally, and Wally loves me because every. Every time I see Wally, I'm just treats in my pocket. Good. You know, going over, I know where they keep the treats. I'm pulling them out, dropping on the floor. Like, I don't want Wally to hate me. You know, we do to his glands occasionally. Yes. You know, yeah. His anal glands. We do. I do give him needles and that's about the only times I see him. So it's not, not necessarily the best times always, yes. you know? And so, um, you know, that was all going fine, all good. And, uh, and yeah, had it all sorted and, and yep. Uh, yeah, got got uh, uh, my sister-in-law to sort of come and put a hand on his backside just so he didn't back away while I was going to give it in the nose. As soon as I've gone to sort of grab him near the nose, start snapping like he was, oh. he was he was really happy. But as soon as that, I was like, oh, I've never had sort of had this before. He, I think he'd been to the groomers a few times. There were some mentions of the groomer that he was a little bit difficult to handle. Oh, so, okay, and you yeah, know, right. and as it is, you know, I don't know about you, but if if you go to do an intranasal on a dog. I had no muzzles with me, um, no, yep. but, but if you're in the clinic and you do an intranasal, the dog really won't tolerate it. And I think it's going to be too stressful. I'll switch to uh, an injectable, you know, so that, yes, yep. you, know, you know, something that I can know I can perhaps work on the food a bit more at the front end and, you know, we're a bit, yep. a bit head shy and that sort of, thing. but no, I didn't have that option, you know? So, no. uh, so was, I was like, I don't think I'm going to be able to do it today. I thought, mm, how am I going to do this? You know? And, um, uh, uh, my brother's going, Oh, we'll get Jack. You know, he's my 18 year old nephew. Get him to hold. He's big and strong. I was like, that's not really what I want. You know, not, strong's not the issue. Yeah. No. Not what we want. So, but anyway, as it turned out, I, um, I managed to sort of just, uh, get, uh, um, I gave the syringe to my sister-in-law as a nurse, I gave it to her, said, you've got to give this in his nose. And I said, and I sort of distracted, managed to distract Wally and hold. He said just long enough that she was able to squirt it in there, but, um, sort of highlights that yeah, sometimes those house calls just, can be a little bit when you try to do a favor for people sometimes it just doesn't go quite as well as 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 smoothly as perhaps we'd like it to well i, I had just yeah you know, hot off the presses had the same thing today um uh friends um wanted me to um come around and vaccinate their dog and so i said yeah yeah no because they they took the dog as a um the dog's elderly owner recently passed away and so so they took the dog and they knew nothing about dogs and they said look can you help us out yeah yeah of course no problems at all that's fine um <clears throat> so went around there today to um to vaccinate it and they said oh yeah camille can come around for a play first so camille had been there for a couple of hours so i was going around there was going to vaccinate the dog come home also squeeze the anal gland so christina went there yesterday and uh went to work grabbed the vaccine for me grabbed the gloves and all that sort of stuff went in there and you know they said oh yeah no look, she's been a little bit off around her face a little bit lately and um oh. and, and so i looked in her mouth and i saw she had a stick stuck between her between her teeth between her carnassial teeth wow up on the up on the hard palate there wow. up on that right on the hard palate i think okay rightio and she's all a bit jumpy and i go yeah oh. i've got nothing to try and grab this with and i think i'm gonna have to sedate your dog to get it so um do you want to come for a drive up to work wow. so, oh, so gee, my, my last day of holidays we've <laughs> driven up to work right and got up there and um and so said look yeah got all the got the put their details into the computer, sign the consent form, It'll take off for 20 minutes. I'll, I'll give her a quick sedation. We'll pull it out and then we'll take her home. Um, 
And so I actually managed to get it out uh, just with the, when the owner wasn't there, nurses are holding on. She gave me that, that split second where yep. I could just get it on there and pull yeah, it out. Yeah, yep. And it was actually a kebab stick. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. So, so, so kebab wow. stick jammed up in there. So I said to them, look, you know, the good news is I can tell you where this bit of the kebab stick is. Yeah. The bad news is I don't know where the other bits of the kebab stick are. Um, yeah. It was probably a week ago that she got it. So it, chances it, are she's been doing it. And they had no idea their, um, their, their daughter, who's Camille's age, Alice, she said, uh, uh, I think, I think uh, Sandy's got a stick stuck in her mouth. And they said, oh, really? And they, they, they couldn't see it. And you hear Alice in the background, I told you she had a oh. stick in her mouth. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, and yet, yet when you still tell me that story, mate, I'm still thinking of uh, you're talking kebab sticks and, and where's the other bit going? I'm still thinking of you dating. Oh, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Still come back to me about, about the beer bottle where we stick the beer no, bottle. Oh well, no, no. Just your dating, now. Anyway, just your, where's that extra bit of the stick gone, hey? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah right. Yeah, the middle part, not the not not the end part. Yeah, right. Yeah, I got you. Um, um, but yeah, no. Look, I know, I know. We're really um, we're really helping on, aren't we? At the, the start, we don't normally go on this long. But interesting, you mentioned the you mentioned your twenty five gauge needles thing, and yes. something I've started doing, and this might be interesting to all the vets and nurses out there, is I recently got a little bit of information about. Uh, I'm not sure if it was a study that was done, but a little bit of research done into uh, how much individual needle sizes hurt. Right. Okay. And. I've always thought, similar to you, that, yep, the, the smallest needle we've got is usually 25 that we can give a vaccine, 25-gauge needle yeah. that we can give a, a vaccine in. Um, is it 125th of a of an inch? Is that what it is? Anyway, it doesn't yeah. matter. I'm not it's sure. small. So, yeah, it is. It's, 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 it's not an insulin needle small, but it's yeah. it's pretty small. Yeah. And uh, a little bit of research, a bit of talk on Facebook and stuff, actually saying that the difference between the pain they feel between a 25 gauge needle and a 22 gauge needle, which is a, a slightly bigger needle, yeah. more commonly perhaps used for injections, I guess, yeah. um, is the same. Yeah, so, right, okay. And the little study, uh, I don't know if it was a study, but was saying, yeah. So basically just saying, you know, we're always thinking smaller needle is better, but once you get into so that 25 gauge or 22 gauge is actually no different. Yeah, right. But the difference between the two is that you can give a 22 gauge needle mu injection much quicker, much quicker. than mm. you can a 25 gauge. If you're giving a mill, which is a normal sort of vaccination, that can take a few seconds, maybe three, four, five mm. seconds. Whereas if you're giving it in a 22 gauge needle, you could probably get it in there in you know, one or two seconds, pretty, pretty quick, smart. So I've actually switched my routine now to using a fresh, larger 22 gauge needle. And I'm actually yep. finding it. I think I'm getting some better results with it to be surprising. So there's something that if anyone else, any vets out there um, sort of have got the same sort of thoughts or had uh, had any impression with that, I'll be really interested to know if others have found that better than, than the smaller needle. Yeah. I, I, as a standard, I use the 22s, the, the black ones. Right. Okay. Um, just because the, <clears throat> for that very reason, larger bore needle, get it in quicker. There's yeah. less mucking around, yeah. you know, um, and I'll usually use the 25s only for yeah little, you know, if it's if it's a small puppy and I'm thinking, or it's yeah. a or it's a really small volume, but otherwise I'll use the 22s just because the, you can just get it in so much faster. Well, definitely you know, for a bigger around. for a bigger dog, definitely use the 22s, but often a smaller dog I would go the 25s. But yeah. I reckon because they're small and they're wriggly, if you've got a 22 and it wriggles, you're more likely to get it in than having one of those misfires or, or you know, and, getting out and having to do it again. 
and using the fresh one as the as I think a big one as well because you know if you've got like particularly a lot of our vaccines are actually going into two vials so if you're going into two vials if you're using that same needle to go into vial one into vial two and then into the dog um the, the the dog's the third thing that it's gone into yeah. so um so i uh, sterility is fine but because most of the vaccines have got the little caps on them that keep the top yeah. part sterile yeah. but it's more just that it's blunt so yeah, yeah. i always put a, a second one on so yeah, some... not necessarily great for landfill but you know it's uh good it makes me feel like I'm a nice person. Yeah, well, there's a good uh, lecture on micros- microscopy of needles after uh, sort of they've been through a rubber cap. And it's oh, amazing right. when you look at the photos, the difference. It is noticeable on, on you know, down at that finite level. Yeah, it's right. Definitely blunter on that tip. So we, we're certainly, it's better for the welfare for our pets for there sure, mate. Pet owners, make sure your vet's using a fresh needle. Bang. Exactly. Exactly. Now we've banged on, mate. So I reckon we might yeah. have to move on. What do yeah. you reckon? No we, problems uh, at all. We move on to our sponsors. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Zilkeen. What what wonderful people are Zilkeen? You know yes. what a wonderful product. Alpha Kazozbe, a a, a a natural milk protein that helps to try and reduce anxiety, mild anxiety relieving for dogs and cats, ever so super safe. Uh, quite good for, um, I was actually talking to these owners today about using Zilkeen because their dog uh, was getting a little bit a little bit upset with things. I said, look, you know, maybe when she's getting groomed, it might be something that we need to think about trying to use to try and help to just relax her a little bit. So... Nice. Fantastic. Yeah. Excellent. And also a big thank you to Delicate Care, uh, the Australian-made, Australian-owned food uh, coming all the way from WA. Um, it's really good for dogs with skin or, or stomach problems. They've also got a dental diet for um, for, for the cats and the dogs. Um, and and even uh, there's a cognitive support one. So for those older older dogs that perhaps are getting a bit of doggy Zymers or doggy dementia, as we like to call it, um, potentially that'll help. So, so check them out, guys. They're available um, at your local vet clinic. If they haven't got your vet, ask your vet for delicate care. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, as, as much as what Western Australia aren't letting people in, they're certainly letting delicate care out. So, right. so you know, great, great, uh, great range of dogs. And we thank them very much for their support. And also thank you for their support. They're our Patreon subscribers. Big Who thank you. We've got, a, uh, we've got a newbie. We do, mate. We do. We've got a happy new year. Happy, happy new Patreon subscriber. Yes. So big thank you to Holly D. Friends, who has come on board. And, uh, and shown her support and likes what we do. I think maybe she listened to our last podcast where we perhaps were getting a bit tired at the end of the year and thought, yeah. we need to pep those guys up. Let's, I'm going to sign up and, and get them on board so make sure they do another another fantastic year of, of podcasting. So And boy, are we pepped up, Holly. Thank you very yes, much. Yes, indeed. It does, it does actually, I don't know about you, mate, but it does actually give me a little bit of a kick when we do get people supporting us, knowing that we've got listeners that are willing to put a little bit of their um, hard-earned cash just behind us to help us pay the Zoom subscription and things like that. And we know that it is that, that these are tough times, and so you know the uh, there are we've got many different ranges of uh, on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com and uh, search for Two Vets Talk Pets, and you'll find uh, find the options on there. And uh, the good news is that means Lewis gets to uh, gets to send some more stickers out. Oh, I actually haven't checked where Holly Holly's from. I wonder if she's from America. We might t- very first job for Decal Gal. Hey, who we also heard from over the break as well. I think we, yeah. we shout out worried that she was okay. Um, hey, Dr. Lewis and Dr. Robbie, I hope you all had See? a great Christmas. Y'all. 
Hey, yo, sorry, mate. It's been super busy and stressful the past few weeks in my grooming shop, but now it's time to sit back and relax for a few days anyway. I've got quite a few episodes of the Two Vets podcast to catch up on. I'm looking forward to them. Cheers to a new year and a better one. 2021, bring it on. Absolutely. Now, I assume she probably wrote that before they stormed the Capitol building. But anyway, yes, yep. <laughs> bring on February 2021. February, yeah, and and before we know it, if 2021 sucks, we'll be in 2022 anyway, so that's all right. Hopefully not. Hopefully vaccine's out to everyone and we can all start doing our thing again, eh? Ah, yes. Uh, Now, what's been catching your eye, Lewis? Um, Now, this week, I've got a couple of articles. Uh, One I got, uh, this is from The Australian mate um oh, one of the big papers yeah yeah well, you know a bit, bit more cerebral cerebral these days you know, cerebral cerebral whatever that means an albatross named wisdom the world's oldest banded bird has laid an egg at the age of at least 69 hey look wow geez that's a, that that's going to be one old omelet yeah <laughs> And a big omelet, albatross eggs. An albatross, huge. yeah, absolutely huge. Are they, are they as big as emu eggs? I wonder. Oh, not mm. sure. They're or Fabergé nice eggs. Fabergé, Fabergé. That's not. Is that a real egg? What or Easter eggs? They're quite, oh, Easter eggs, maybe. Yes. Yeah, it's coming up to Easter soon. We should get ready for that. Anyway, um, the the Laysan albatross was first fitted with a leg band in 1956. By a biologist studying oh, the wow. life cycle of the birds. Yeah, isn't that incredible? It meant that she that she could be identified among the three million individuals that nest every year at Midway Atoll National Wildlife Ref- Refuge in the Pacific, halfway between North America and Asia, and covering one point five. I imagine that's million one point five million square kilometers. It's the third largest marine conservation area in the world. Is there yeah. is a little is a little finger in there? Well, you says million. That's usually the way I can tell if it's million. You're million. Yeah, just looking closely. Yes, it is. Yeah, spot on, mate. The little emoji there. Yep. The atoll itself is only six point five square kilometers, and hardly any of it is left uncovered once the birds arrive. Wisdom's return is considered a triumph for the convers for for conservation, not for the conversation. I thought you were going to say for the constipation. I guess like, if she's been hanging on it for 69 years, yeah, she is going to feel feel a bit lighter. That's one egg-bound bird, isn't it? Yeah, she's been stuck on the atoll for 69 years trying to back this thing out. <laughs> 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 no, just wisdom's relax, still there. Wisdom. Yeah. yeah, just relax. Have a bit of have a bit of Osmolax. There you go. <laughs> Help it out. Triumph for cons- conservation in the face of threats that include the hundreds of tons of rubbish in the Pacific. She has flown more than 5 million kilometres, equal to eight return trips to the moon, and has hatched more than 30 eggs. Oh, wow. So it's one every couple of years. Gee whiz, it takes them a while. It was previously thought the lifespan of an albatross was 30 to 40 years. Wow. Well, they stuffed that one up. Yeah, I know. That's not even close, is it? Fantastic. Wow. 69, hey? Incredible. What a a year. She's made it and she's managed to lay an egg. What a milestone. Yeah, absolutely. Does she uh, get a letter from the Queen for that? Nah, she's what, 31 years off that, mate. 31 oh, years. Oh, really? Hundredth oh. one, hundredth year, hundredth egg. She'll get a letter from the Queen, pretty sure. Letter from the Queen, right. Yeah, yeah maybe, maybe, maybe when she's 70, she might get one from Prince Philip. 
Yeah. Oh, what? Just a little. Yeah, it's a bit, bit sort of lower down. Like, lower yeah. down. Lower, yeah. lower down the tiers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, mate, we have got some competition on the podcast front, haven't we? Ha- really? Yeah. Harry and Megan have put out a podcast. Oh well, actually, I did see that. You know. <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah. But they, did they mention your book on there when? Uh, yeah. Well, on the on the pod, have you listened to it? I haven't listened yet. But interestingly, right. you know, just coming off, uh, thank you, Holly, for for your Patreon support of the podcast. You know, yes. um, you know, believe uh, Harry and Megan, they're getting you know, seventy five thousand dollars an episode or something, something, something similar. For I'd imagine. Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know. It's sponsors. I don't know what it is, but they are getting. Wow. I think they're getting quite a bit of coin for each episode. So, gee, maybe- well, like. like- I guess Queen Elizabeth has, um, yeah, that, that was one of their things, wasn't it? They decided to cut themselves from their royal yeah. titles and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, they, they don't they don't need the Queen's money. They've got they got uh, podcast money. Well, that's right. They're making some good coin there. Certainly, perhaps we just uh, we'll have a chat to Delicate Care and see if they want to raise their raise their their bid a little bit for us. You know, we have got a fairly similar reach, I imagine, to the to the former prince and whatever they were, princess, or princess something. of. Cambridge or oh, Lincolnshire or something like good. that of a, a Cumbridgeshire sausage. Um, but whatever you do, just don't mention to Delicate Care or to Zilkeen that Harry and Megan have got their podcast. They might decide to change their allegiance elsewhere, Lewis. Good point. Good point. We should see if they'll take they'll put an ad for Two Vets Talk Pets on there. See what Why the cost not? what the cost for that'll be. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> might be out of it. Send him an email and say, "Hey, look, we've got this podcast, and we're just wondering what it would uh, how much it would cost to get a uh, a mention." On one of the pods. Wow. Well, I'll, yeah, and also say, look, you have written to me before when I sent you a signed copy of my look, book. Yeah. We've we've got a pre-established relationship here, a pre-established yeah. correspondence with his and her, you know, previous royal majesty. HRH. Yep. HRH. Yes. Yep. Yeah. I wonder what, what would be the the now the non-HRH, the previous NRH. Yeah, X, XHRHs. Sure. Yeah, yeah. nice. Um, and just see, just why not? Why not? Great idea. Great idea. <laughs> Sounds good. Now, yeah. speaking, so is, I'm just going to put that onto the computer here of things to do, Robbie. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Just tapping that into my phone right as we speak. Okay, yeah. next. <laughs> now, this is an article from The Guardian. Dog owners, dog, dogs and owners may share resemblance in diabetes risk. As long as they're not eating donuts. Well, yeah, we know about your your uh, your donut fetish and and how you and upset upset Mark Zuckerberg and the whole Twitter the, sphere with your posts. I was it was more just the militant diabetics. I don't think Mark Di- Mark Zuckerberg had, had an issue, but the militant diabetics of Australia certainly got uh, got got quite irate. I thought you got reported, mate, and Facebook said, "Oh, Trump's Trump's banned till he's he's over," and you're you're banned too for your for your gluttony post. I had to appeal it. I had to appeal it, but they yeah. and they and they let me go on a technicality, which was good. Fantastic. So when you see dogs and owners may share resemblance in diabetes risk, what are you thinking, mate? You are, you know, what do we I'm, see? I'm focusing on the um on the resemblance, the mm. fact that you've got um you know possible um o- obesity issues that we know are yep. so prominent in um in our westernized society um and uh, dogs being overweight too, but it's more of the cats that are, have the the more type two esque diabetes. The dogs is a, it's more of the type one, which is um not necessarily obesity. It's more the fact that they're um, islet cells in their pancreas that produce the the insulin have been damaged or destroyed by mm. some for some reason. 
Mm, but certainly that's what I was thinking. I was thinking, oh, it must be a weight thing, mm. you know, often uh, anecdotally we do see owners, uh, you know, dogs that are obese often have, uh, often there's a link with owners potentially. But this, it's said that dogs resemble their owners, but the similarities may also extend to their risk of diabetes, research suggests. Mm-hmm. Previous studies that hinted that overweight owners tend to have porkier pets. That's sort of what anecdotally we would mm-hmm. perhaps think, possibly because of shared health behaviours such as overeating or not taking regular exercise. To investigate whether this extended to a shared risk of type 2 diabetes, Beatrice Kennedy of Uppsala University in Sweden and colleagues turned to insurance data from Sweden's largest pet insurance company to pull their anonymized health records. Right. Yeah. Now, no idea who the insurance company is. And what no, 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 no. That's right. But, it, but isn't it good that they had insurance data there, Lewis? Yes, and had insurance, those yes. animals. Comparing data from 200 and uh, over 200,000 owners and dogs and over 120,000 20, owners and cat pairs, they discovered that only a dog with diabetes was associated with 38% increased risk of having type 2 diabetes compared with owning a healthy hound. Right. Personal and socioeconomic circumstances of the dog owners could not explain this link. No shared risk of diabetes was found between cat owners and their pets. However, the research was published in the British Medical Journal. As in humans, diet and obesity can influence the risk of type 2 diabetes in both types of animals. Also, like humans, the prevalence of diabetes in dogs and cats appears to be on the increase. Given the previous research on the shared risk of being overweight between dog owners and their animals, we believe that shared dietary habits and also physical activity levels might be involved, said Kennedy. The absence of a shared risk between cats and their owners may also point towards physical activity being an important factor. Cats usually perform more independence from their owners when it comes to their movements, Kennedy said. Shared environmental exposures to things such as pollutants or chemicals between dogs and their owners should be could be another avenue worth exploring, she added, because this was an observational study. The researchers could not confirm the underlying cause of the association. However, given that it exists, a diagnosis of diabetes in any household member including canine companions could single a need to signal a need to reassess the health behaviors of the whole family unit. The diabetes of the dog could be a marker of something important going on. Kennedy said, we know that there are quite strong emotional bonds between dog owners and their dogs. Perhaps that bond extends to other health behaviors and risks. What do you think about that, mate? Do you think, do you think if we get a dog that's got diabetes, potentially we should be, be, Asking the owners for a urine sample, is that does that go above and beyond the call of duty? Outside of the realms, outside of the scope of what we should be uh, should be should be doing in a normal vet client relationship. Is that the whole one health policy, the one world, one health policy? One world, with... one health. I, yes. I hadn't thought of it that way. Yes, that, that's, yes. that's a perfect link. Should we, should we say to owners if their dog has diabetes, you need to get there is a 38% increased risk that you will have diabetes? Yes, go and get tested now. Yes, you must. Have you been drinking a lot? (laughs) Are you you weighing a lot? Is your urine tasting quite sweet? Um, I don't know. Yeah, how would you know that? Yeah, I don't know. You know, unless you're Um, a a friend of that NRL football player. (laughs) Um, that's that's funny because I still, I you know, maybe uh, I need to do a bit more, um, you know, updated research on what the underlying causes of diabetes are in dogs but i i mean i'm sure that there are some 
overworked. Yeah, because we, we've spoken about it before in the podcast of how cat diabetes is more of an overuse thing. So high carbohydrate diets leads to increased insulin production, but that the body becomes less responsive to it. And in which case then the islet cells start to shut down. So they stop producing their own insulin. Um, there are also other, other ways of where then the, uh, the pancreas starts to lay down protein in there, um, amyloid proteins that then sort of pushes out those cells so that there's less of the cells that can actually produce the insulin. But it doesn't take many cells to produce enough insulin to Co uh, to stop you from getting diabetes. Yeah, our bodies in our hormone um, regulating things, you don't need much horm uh, many cells to be able to produce enough hormone to be able to get the functions done. So, so yeah, it's it's interesting that they've come mm. up with the thirty eight percent. But hey, yeah, you know, interesting study. Yeah, I know that's great, isn't it? Excellent. Alrighty then, I reckon it's time for the disclaimer. In that case, all advice on this show is general in nature, so please consult your veterinarian before following any advice for your pet. Do our best to provide the most up-to-date information, but as veterinary medicine is continually advancing and changing, please let us know if you missed anything or if you need any clarification. Excellent. All righty, we might take a short break, and I'll come back with a very important topic of how to choose a, a breeder um, if you're looking at going to a breeder to get a new puppy. Hey, Robbie, I'd love to give a shout-out to our friends at PetSure for their awesome free webinar series. Yeah, man, I heard about those. Aren't they called Pause and Learn, as in P-A-W-S? <laughs> I see what you did there. Oh, mate, there's nothing like a good acronym. It got your attention. <laughs> it certainly did, mate. But seriously, the PetSure webinars cover some amazing topics, though. They sure do. There's one on COVID-19 and pets, very topical, and essential viewing for all concerned pet parents in this COVID-19 world. Indeed, mate, and for vets as well. Oh, you're absolutely right. There's also another one called Setting Up Your New Pet for Success. And here's one that's really important, Helping Pets Avoid Separation Anxiety. That'd be right in your wheelhouse, wouldn't it? Oh, mate, love that. Anything on behavior, that's absolute gold. Oh, mate, it's all gold, gold, gold for pet sure, yeah. And you know they're presented by Pet Shore's Chief Vet, Dr. Danny Hulhan, friend of the podcast, and also they have a range of other pet experts for each topic, so you know you're getting the good stuff. Oh, mate, that sounds great. So to learn more about these webinars or to register, visit petsure.com.au slash webinars. Registration is free, but spots are limited, and since we've just registered, two less... So make sure you secure your spot today. Oh, T's and C's apply. Visit petshaw.com.au for more information. Alrighty, guys. Uh, welcome back. So, uh, Robbie, I um, it's COVID times, and we're seeing a vast, a huge number of people that are getting puppies and kittens. This, yes, absolutely. Um, during the pandemic, it's been a, a massive influx of, of animals. And I was thinking, you know, how can we sort of, um, you know, help help people out there who are thinking perhaps prospectively uh, or, or thinking about getting a dog in the future? How do you go about choosing a, um, you know, perhaps you've decided, you, you've looked at all the, the pounds and the kennels and uh, 
and the rescue groups and you, you've got you've tried to go through all the sort of those sorts of channels and you, you've come to the point where there's, there's no dog that perhaps is the breed that you want or for whatever reason you've chosen I do want to go to a breeder and I did get this uh this article came across from Victoria Stillwell's blog uh, right. positive, Who's Victoria positive. Stillwell? Uh, so she's a UK-based, uh, very good sort of positive trainer. She was on TV. She used to wear sort of, uh, I think it was called... It's Not Super the- Nanny? No, similar though. Similar? Right, okay. Uh, I think the program might have been It's Me or the Dog or some- something like that. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, very... Um, very good with with a lot of positive stuff and done some really good sort of stuff. And so I thought, oh, this will be great. Choosing the right breeder, this this will be great. And I sort of was reading through her blog and I was actually quite disappointed with the oh, right. with the sort of things that they were sort of suggesting that you should look for when you when you're choosing a breeder. I mean, they're very sort of simple ideas that, that were on there. And I was I was a little bit disappointed. I mean, there's a bit of talk about, you know, health and temperament and you know, maybe go and see the parents, uh, you know, make sure that you know, some weird things like the dog shouldn't be living permanently outdoors, which in Australia we do, you know, perhaps have dogs that do live outdoors that are breeders, but yeah, yeah. Okay. Maybe indoors. All right. A little bit about health screening, but nothing in depth about that. A little bit about, you know, desexing them um, and, and not really, you know, some, some stuff about, you know, make sure they don't wean the puppies early, you know, don't wean them under eight weeks. And that was really it. And I was like, gosh, there's got to be something better. And so I had a bit of a look on the net. And I found a fantastic little article from the RSPCA uh, right. Australia put out the smart puppy and dog buyer's guide. So I thought we'd perhaps, I'd perhaps summarize and we could add some stuff, yeah. um, you know, in there ourselves that, that we thought. So uh, I guess one of the first things they say is, did the breeder plan ahead for this litter? Right. So a responsible dog breeder plans each pregnancy and knows that there is enough demand for their puppies to ensure they will all go to good homes. Well, in COVID times, you know, there's no issue with, with puppies going to good homes, pretty sure. So, so yeah. it's good a good idea to maybe ask the breeder, did they plan the pregnancy? Um, you know, maybe how many litters has mum had? Um, there's a bit of a suggestion that five litters is perhaps the maximum um, that a that a, a female dog should have over their life, which I haven't heard of before. I don't know about yourself, but uh, no, geez, if you're waiting until they're like 18 months before starting to breed, that means that they'd be breeding every year up until they're you know, six and a half, seven years of age. So that'd be a pretty, pretty big, you know, five or six year period for it's them. It's a big, big commitment, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So that, that's, that would, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, they're saying that's the maximum. So, um, and also maybe ask them what they're going to do with any pups that are unsold. Um, you know, stew. Good, yeah. We're going to sell them to stew. Not, not yeah. put them in a stew. I don't know what you're thinking about with that. We're going to sell them to stew. All right. Okay. Um, yeah. You know, they'll, a good breeder will usually hang on to their puppies, even if they don't sell and, and really wait until they can find the right home for them. Um, the the uh, the next thing that I think is actually probably one of the most important things is making sure you can go and visit the breeder's home environment. Absolutely. Um, you know, if a breeder is reluctant for you to visit or wants you to meet the puppy in another place, find another breeder as they probably have something to hide. Puppy yep. farms will often use a house as a shop front so you don't get to see the poor conditions they breed in. Don't buy a puppy from a pet shop or through an internet or newspaper advertisement without being able to visit its home as you can't check out the conditions in which the puppy was bred or know where it came from. Um, mm. you know, and the classic one is, is owners, uh, particularly with COVID times, I think you know, a lot of perhaps unscrupulous, some of the unscrupulous breeders are 
you know, using the excuse of COVID uh, distancing and socialization, social isolation to say, mm -hmm. you can't come to my home, et cetera, et cetera. I'll meet you halfway um, at the, uh, at, at the, the Balan truck stop. Spot on, mate. Yeah. Exactly. Is it, you've, you've heard it too, or, you know, or, or maybe they're going to fly the, the, the puppy down to you, you know, you, you, yeah. you do need to think this is a, it's a potentially a 20 year. So commitment you're having to this dog in your house, you know, you, you need to make sure that you get off with a good start. And even if that means when, when things settle down that you have to fly into state to look at the puppies, if that's what you really want, it is worth it. I think to think, think to do that if they'll let you do that. And it does remind me of a neighbor I had that, um, you know, rightly got, got advice from me. I'm, I'm getting this new little puppy, little, uh, you know, oodle dog. Um, you know, I, I'm worried it's from a puppy farm. Uh, they've said to me that the, the new way that, that instead of using pet shops, uh, you know, or th this breeder said, you know, uh, you know, um, the new way of doing it is uh, because we're not a we're not a puppy farm. We uh, to get uh, people to, to 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 get to our dogs that we actually we use an agent, oh. and they they spun it in a really good way that made it sound like that they were not a puppy farm, that they'd got this uh, third party to handle the interactions between the dogs and um and and the way she spun it to me and she said, do you think that's a puppy farm? And I said to her. Yes, yes, I think that is a puppy farm, and they're spinning a really good spiel to you that they've spun to potentially hundreds of other people. Yeah, and what did she do? She went and saw the agent. Yes, got the puppy from the agent, yeah. didn't see the home, didn't listen to me. So great to hear that people get advice and they follow up from, from what, we, what yes. we tell them to. So if you're a listener out there, do not do that. Please try and go to the home environment. Check it out. You know, check the home. is It's a clean place. Um, you know, there's good space for the puppies, the, the adult dogs to move around. There's stuff for the, for, the, for the puppies to do, to chew on, to play with. What are the, what are the pups fed? Um, you know, you should get a bit of information on what they're fed in their home environment, what perhaps what they could go home being fed. So they're on the same food. Um, good to ask about things like uh, health checks. You know, have they been to a vet? Have they had worming? Are they up to date with vaccinations? What documents will I get in my hand? Mm -hmm. You know, we get a lot of people who say, oh, we'll email you the vaccination certificate or we'll email you. We'll talk about this in a minute, but we'll email you the, uh, the hip scores or the, yeah. or the and, and by the time you get that puppy home for a couple of weeks and you go to your local vet and they say, where are those documents? And you go, oh, oh, okay. The puppy's in your home. It's all, yeah. you're in love. You know, there's no point even having potentially those documents yeah. in some, in some respects, cause you're not going to take the dog back, but a good, you know, a good, a good breeder will make sure they've had a health check. They're vaccinated. They're microchipped. They're, they're treated for worms and, and, and fleas. And they'll provide, provide records of those, of mm. those treatments normally in a nice little folder often in some ways. Um, you know, important though, just try and see mum and dad, how do mum and dad interact with you? If you've got children, go up with the kids as well. If you can, how do the dog, mum and dad interact with the kids? Are they, are they well socialized? Are yes. they, are they backing away and barking and scared of you? Or are they coming up saying hello, you know, wanting to be a part of you, wanting to be a part of the puppies? Do they always seem really friendly sort of dogs? That's your best indicator of what the puppy's going to be like is what absolutely mum dad, what mum and dad like yep sure you can have outliers where uh you know you have a dog that that is not like mum and dad and but but the the apple doesn't fall far for the tree in a large majority of cases so mum and dad are a nice a nice friendly well socialized dogs there's a high chance so will the puppies and that, that's one of the really big things that i try and stress for people because if you 
you think about what are the um, selection pressures that breeders put on, you know, you sort of start talking you know, a bit of techno babble. What are the selection pressures that owners put on when they're selecting um, what males and females are going to use in order to create a litter? And a lot of the time it's been, how does the dog look in the, um, in the show yes. ring? You know, you know, looking for physical features and things like that. The selection pressures for too long haven't been there on temperament. And that I think is one part of the reasons why, you know, when I graduated, we didn't really need to learn a whole lot about different medications that could be used for anxious dogs. And now we're constantly talking about fluoxetine and trazodone and things like that, because for too long, the selection pressures have not been on temperament. So I think you're absolutely right. The best way that owners can try and offset that is go and meet the parents. You know, the genetics that the dog has got, it's got from the parents. So if you can't meet the parents, you can't make a good assessment on, on what the pup's going to be. And yeah, it's a, it's, it's not a complete crap shoot. It, I think there is certainly merit in there in trying to meet the, what the parents are like. Definitely. And I mean, that, that all comes down to, that, that's pretty well what I, the first thing I'll say to people is, can you meet mum and dad? And yeah. it's really, that, that gives you the best. Cause if you're going to meet mum and dad, potentially you're going to the home environment and you can get a real good feel and, and don't be sucking into, Oh, we went there and it was dirty and disgusting and I had to rescue the puppy. Yeah, like, no. Yeah, really. You, you, you've got to look at it. This is a commitment for you for 20 years. You don't necessarily want to be that person with that that uh, that dog that's been deprived, um, you know, of social and physiological needs that 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 often occur in puppy farming, dirty environments, mm. um, and you end up with a a, a behaviourally abnormal puppy that that's sort of struggling in your home environment. Uh, and then you talk about the breeders themselves when you meet them. Are they genuinely concerned about the welfare of their dogs? You know, are they just, you know, looking, they want to get their, well, exorbitant amount of money. Do they want their 10 grand and you to go away? Or are they saying, now, tell me about what's your work balance life like? Are you home much? What do you do for a quid? You know, uh, you know that sort of thing to get a bit of a gauge. They're sort of interviewing you a little bit. Um, but at the same time, you're interviewing them. You know, what do they do with their retired breeding animals are they rehomed or are they kept um you know um maybe maybe you're interested in, in uh, a tail docking a species that's normally tail docked it's illegal to tail dock in australia now mm. um what are they what are their thoughts on that uh, you know um have they got advice for you on desexing the dogs obviously we recommend do recommend desexing um do they recommend it too or are they say no you can breed from from your dog or, or you know it might give you a bit of an idea as well um, you should, uh, now they give information on, uh, hopefully information on diet, socialization, registration, uh, microchipping, medications, vaccinations, all the things that, that they've given, um, sort of in, in their environment. Um, are they open to questions? You know, are they, they, you know, they're willing to, uh, you know, inform you about their breed, about what the new puppy's been doing, um, updating you, you know, giving you some background on, on the breed size, temperament, you know, things that potentially that breed might show, um, and, and getting paperwork that we I mentioned this before, getting some paperwork in your hot little hand is really important as well. Cause if they, they don't want to give you that paperwork, there's potential that they haven't actually done what they've said they've done. Mm. Um, you know, uh, does the breeder, so this is about interviewing, do they make sure the, the, the puppy will suit, uh, you'll suit the puppy and the puppy will suit you. So, you know, they'll ask you, have you got kids in the house or other animals in the house? Um, you know, where will the puppy be sleeping? Have you got set up for it? What's your, if you puppy proof your house, all those sorts of things that, that they will potentially ask for. 
the other one I, I get a lot is I find, um, I don't know about you, but I, I saw two golden retriever puppies this week and both owners, you know, oh, it's from a really reputable breeder, you know, oh, that's great. Yep. Yep. That's good. Um, so did you get any, uh, were there any hip or elbow scores from mum or dad? Oh no, but mum and dad look fine. And they said they were fine. I said, did you yeah. use paperwork? Yeah. They, 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 they said they had their hips and elbows done and they were, they were great. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What were the numbers? Yes. I don't know. Not You're, sure. I can yeah. email and get, I can email and get that for you. I was like, well, yeah, that, that would be good, but yeah, I, I don't think they're going to be responsive to yeah. providing that. So, so do your research. Um, you I, know? Think, I think one thing to say on that Lewis would be to actually get a hold of those documents first and take them to go and see your vet because I mean, a lot of it is going to be techno babble, but you know, take that into go and see your vet and go, oh, I'm, I'm going to get this puppy. This is what the, this is what a tip and elbows look like. What does this mean? Does this mean that it's okay? Spot we on. will give you an independent assessment on what we think though, that data is looking like rather than, cause I've had, I have had times where, uh, owners have come in saying oh the the mum's elbows were uh were, were, were five and seven or the, the hips were something you know yep. is, is that good I go, well, well no it's supposed to be zero yeah just because it's a number that's less than 10 doesn't mean that it's great you know it's no. supposed to be zero yeah. so yeah that's, a, that's a, that stuff first that's really good advice and i mean to find out what potentially your dog should have done. You could even contact your vet before. If you're saying, I'm going to get a golden retriever, you say to your vet, what are the things I should be sort of looking for from a genetic uh, inherited or predisposed conditions? Um, but you can even do that by Googling. You know, if you just Googled golden retriever, heritable conditions i mean you can you can probably get a bit of information from mm. from just doing that but uh, but different breeds have different problems you know like uh, the 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 bulldogs with the squash the faces the brachycephalics um you know leg problems spinal problems like your, your dachshunds those sorts of things uh, a good breeder should be aware of all those genetic traits you know the the dobermans or the uh, the German shepherds that have, you know, some bleeding disorders, potentially mm -hmm. they should be aware of those and willing to inform you and say, yeah, we've done that testing. We've done the Von Willebrand's testing for, for the Dobermans yeah. and, and that sort of thing. And, and like you said, provide you with a actual hard copy of, of those documents so that you can then go to the event and go, Hey, before you get the pet, is this a good thing or is this, isn't this a good thing that we're doing? Mm. So, um, so you yeah, do, do a search on the internet for inherited diseases and the breed name. Um, and, and then you might get some ideas a little bit about what, what you might be looking at. You know, ask the, uh, the breeder, what characteristics do they breed the dog for? Are they looking at temperament or are they, um, are they, um, are they breeding just on best in show qualities, you know, um, you know, breed prizes and that sort of thing, which as you said earlier, the ring, the stuff they win in the ring doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be a good house pet in, in certainly in your mm. environment. Um, yeah, they, they, they tend to not give um, ribbons out for most well-behaved dog at the dog park. Exactly. Unfortunately. Exactly. Yeah. Or, or dog that dog that lives best with children um, and he's happy to be left alone for eight hours a day. No, yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Uh, do they offer any uh, ongoing information? So if you want to get in touch with them after you purchase, are they going to give you some support? Do they provide a guarantee? I mean, Yes, guarantees are are good in theory. With uh, I think mm. with getting a new puppy or a kitten, um, but often once you've got that puppy or kitten in your home environment, um, and the guarantee of we'll give you another dog doesn't really suit when you're already in love with that puppy after twenty four hours. So, yeah, you know, yeah, guarantees are good. Maybe the guarantee might be uh, if there's a health problem, we will pay. 
uh, you know, a genetic problem or something like that, we will pay for, mm. you know, perhaps if it's a heart, heart problem or something like that. But uh, um, I mean, it's nice to know, I guess, that the guarantee is there, but how many people actually follow through a guarantee? I, what, are you, what are your thoughts, mate? Yeah, I think the, the hard thing is that usually by time we see them, uh, and it's got to be something pretty bad with the, you know, with the health guarantee, um, you know, like a heart murmur or, you know, something pretty, a pretty major uh, health issue that, that either wasn't picked up initially, because otherwise most of the times the owners have actually, uh, you know, they've already made that connection with them. The kids are excited, yes. you know, and to turn around and go, yeah, no, look, we're, you know, Barry didn't actually work out. We're going to send Barry back to the yeah. breeders. And he's his Bridget. Friend, yeah, he's Bridget, Frank. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Isn't Bridget's he amazing? Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. But Mom, I think. What do you think's happened to Barry? Oh, I'm sure Barry's Barry's living a beautiful life out at the farm. I reckon. Exactly. He's running out his days on the farm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, but I guess the only time I hear perhaps of puppies going back is behavioural aspects. Yeah, so, right. I think where you know, um, you know, potentially you've got they've got a dog and they haven't realised uh the involvement perhaps or the toilet training aspect or really thought it through and that that's often where you know so that that guarantee works quite well in that situation if it's doesn't fit your lifestyle potentially um you know that being able to go oh look can you take the puppy back and and then knowing that that they will go on and find another home for that puppy is, is important as well um sometimes providing references uh you know um uh, you know, perhaps asking the, the, uh, the breeder, you know, have you got any owners that I can ring and have a chat to about making sure the breeder is up to date with all legal requirements. I mean, the things I think about, are they microchipped? Do they have a source number in Victoria? Mm. We need a source number now, but are they following guidelines of how many, you know, dogs are allowed in their, in their breeders in, in the environment as well. Interesting little note they have here is pedigree or purebred dog breeders are often referred to as registered breeders when that where they are members of a breed club or association that operates a stud book or register. The term may also be used to refer to someone who's all, who is registered with their local council as a breeder, also called a recognized breeder. While breed mm. associations do have rules and guidelines for their members being registered, it does not necessarily mean a breeder is responsible or meets good animal welfare standards. Mm. To make sure your breeder is a good breeder, you need to do everything we said previously. So I think that's a really important uh, sort of note to make that even though they're a registered breeder, you know, there's some fantastic registered breeders out there, but they still need to be a registered breeder who's doing all that stuff that we just talked about for the last 15 yeah. minutes or so. So really, really important. It doesn't mean, oh, they're a registered breeder, they'll be fine. We'll, we'll fly the dog down. Switch or we'll meet them. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It is really just, I'm a, I've paid my fees. I'm a, I'm a member of a certain association in, in some respects. Um, and then there's an interesting part they, in this RSPC article, just uh, to finish up talking about de-sexing. Uh, I've got a, got a pop quiz for you, mate. So yeah, go for it. we've got de-sex dogs. And they go, they've got one, two, A, B, C, D, E, F. Oops. And um, and they've gone, so A, sex dogs, I want you to tell me which one is you think is incorrect or right. potentially, potentially incorrect. Uh, sex dogs are better protected from certain illnesses and diseases. B, are generally less aggressive towards other dogs. C, tend to be more affectionate. D, are less inclined to roam or mark their territory. E, are less inclined to display mating behaviours such as mounting. Pop quiz, mate. What do you reckon? Tough. I can see you smiling. Yeah. That's my ideas. There's a couple not sure of. There's some grey areas there. Yeah. There's some grey areas there. What's the greyest one? 
uh, or the 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 the, the mounting behaviour one's interesting because you know that's a you know the dogs will certainly you can certainly have female dogs that try and mount um, mount things um, and that's certainly not part of uh, you know the, uh, the 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 great plan of evolution. Good point. Um, yes. Yeah. You know, not, um, well, yeah. Yes. But you know it's it's fine these days. It's you have to ask them their inclination really. Yeah, that's you can't fine. just assume that's, just because yeah, they've got the female right. parts. You can't it's not assume. Binary. It's not binary. That's You're right. Yes. Yes. Um, so uh, no, rule that one out. I think. Yeah. No. But certainly the male dogs will mount less. If yeah, a male dog is decent, yeah. yes, exactly, yeah, yeah. and and um, other grey, yep, yep, uh, aggression, aggression, I think is the, yeah, um, that's a, that's, that's, a, a, that's the one that flagged me, mate. I think that's a funky one. A generally less aggressive towards other dogs. Look, that's really grey. You know, a lot of people say, oh. you know, um, you know, my dogs are aggressive. Should I get them desexed? Um, certainly, you know, yes. If if in females, if it's associated with the Easter cycle. Uh, yes, I will say desex them. Um, but male dogs, there's no, it's not a lot of evidence really pointing either way, a bit going either way. You know, it's, it's a bit, a very, very sort of gray area. So I'm not sure that, and even in some dogs that are perhaps a bit fear aggressive for, at a young age, I'll actually recommend delaying desexing perhaps to try and give them a little confidence. See, so that'll bring mm. them out of their shells a little bit. So, um, and then the final one, some research shows desex dogs actually live longer. Wow, geez, that's a big statement. That's a bit. That's a. Where's that? Some research. Yeah, that's interesting. That's changed. I think. Yeah, I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah. Not sure about that. I mean, yeah, no, I'm not uh, sure. What do you think? I I think that sounds like hocus. Yeah. That's it. That's it. That sounds like the RSPCA trying to get everyone to desex their dogs. It does, and then they yeah. do go on to say, "Yeah, desex them at eight weeks of age," which we don't do. We do no, not recommend no. that at all. No. no. Um. What the other thing that I would add to that with um when people are going looking for pups is don't take your kids. Yes, good one. Love you it. Know, oh, well, yeah. Well, not at, not 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 at the start. You know, uh, going and looking initially should be parents only so Good that point. they're not going there and the kids aren't going, oh, I want to take this one. I want to take this one. This one's beautiful. You know, parents should go and do the initial looking and investigation. And yes, then if, if you're pretty sure that something's going to happen, then take the kids. Yes. But don't take your kids at the start. It makes what shouldn't be an emotional purchase way too emotional yeah although i'm i'm more of the more of the opinion i reckon that if you do just think off the top of my head if you do two visits if you took the kids for the first visit which is not a pickup visit mm. i think that's a better option because then you're seeing how the puppies and the mum and dad react to the children mm. and you're seeing the environment you're seeing all that and you you've still got that option then of pulling out yeah whereas right. if you take the kids uh, to that final visit you're getting the puppy no matter what. If, yeah, if yeah. you know, if is that the first time you take the kids and mum and dad are there and they're like growling at the kids or not interested in the, you know, there seems to be something that's not quite right, then you really are sort of stuck into doing that. So I, that's a good point. But I reckon I would be taking the kids for that very first visit when you check yep. out the home environment, but not the visit that's going to be the pickup visit. Or make it a third visit. Well, that's make right. It make a third visit. one. Yes. Yes, exactly. People have got plenty of time in there. Yeah, that's Lewis. right. Yeah. No, you can fly up to Queensland three, three times. times. Of yeah, course you can. Or go to New South Wales and you've got to come back and have a two-week <laughs> holiday you know, in the, in the Travel Lodge Hotel. The dog gets to go straight home, but you've got to <laughs> yes. stay in the hotel. Actually, I've had a little bit of that. People taking their, their uh, move, moving back to New Zealand. All right, pup, yeah. Taking their dogs back to New Zealand. They go in the hotel quarantine for two weeks and the dog goes straight back home. 
<laughs> How times have changed, eh? How uh, times have changed. They're dirty, dirty humans. I oh, know, exactly. All righty. Now, if you have got some questions, perhaps um, you know, you, you think of getting a dog, you want to know, um, you know, you've got some further questions to ask us, please hit us up at twovetstalkpets at gmail.com. You can find us Facebook. We're on Instagram. Uh, Robbie's on MySpace. Um, if you've oh, got absolutely. it. Uh, yeah, Robbie Space. Uh, 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 Robbie loves yellow bubbles, I think it yeah. is. Isn't that look, your look, MySpace look, handle? Uh, it's actually Rodney. Rodney loves Rodney. yellow bubbles. Rodney. That's right. You can find us on Instagram, Rodney and Lucas uh, to, yeah. um, <laughs> at uh, two, two Dodgy Vets Talk Pets. Or you can go to Instagram and find us at Two Vets Talk Pets. Um, and uh, we are on TikTok. We haven't been for a while, so hopefully no one's tried to get in touch with us there. If you if you want to support us, though, uh, we love to support. Go to Patreon, um, to, to patreon.com, to Vets Talk Pets. We really do appreciate your support. But um, hopefully we're looking forward to a big year ahead, aren't we, mate? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We um, we might actually try and do something for 150. It's 140 today. So we got that gives us 10 weeks to try and work out what the hell we're going to do. There's no chance. There's no <laughs> chance. We'll get, get organised with mate. I don't know. We'll do our yeah. best. We'll see what we'll we see what happens. If you've got an idea of something easy we can do, let us know. Maybe we'll try Facebook Live. Why Again. not? Again. Sounds Again. all right. One yeah. that works. All righty. Okay, guys. Scratch you later. Peace out. Bye. Thanks for listening to Two Vets Talk Pets with Lewis and Robbie. To chat further about this week's episode or ask the guys any questions, search Two Vets Talk Pets on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or send an email to Two Vets Talk Pets at gmail.com. You can find Lewis on Twitter with the handle at Vet Behaviorist, and more importantly, as the two pet heroes return to their day job of saving animals' lives, be sure to thank them with a five-star review on iTunes. Every time you do, a small, cute animal will receive a cuddle.